Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I am Michael, um, and in my room I have a gun, and I'm not going to address it at all for the rest of this podcast. But I am joined by my friend here uh, for a very long time now, and the guy that would pain me so much to have to kill in a zombie apocalypse if he got bitten, but I would still do it because that's what you do. Jesse, how you doing, man? Ah, that's so touching, man. Thank you. I yeah. am good and not infected, so that's good. Good, good. That means I won't have to cold clock you one right to the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're also joined uh, by a guest uh, this week um, who's been on the podcast before, uh, our friend and the guy that definitely would outrun everybody in a zombie apocalypse, Kevin. How you doing? Oh, thank you. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. No we're complaints. We're happy to have you back on. Um, I know, Kevin, uh, we said uh, we've talked before about the fact that our uh, most listened to podcast was actually the last one you were on what the Snyder Cut um, until it got recently beat out by our Princess Mononoke episode. Um, so happy to have you back on and hopefully we can push it even higher. Yes. And um, I'm, I'm a little concerned because I think I'm starting to become the resident Zack Snyder fan. And uh, I never expected that in my life, but I'm, I'm still happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just glad he keeps making movies for me to keep talking about for you. <laughs> And he'll never stop, ever. <laughs> Very true. So uh, for those that are uh, tuning in and listening, this week we're going to actually be talking about uh, the recent Zack Snyder movie out on Netflix, uh, Army of the Dead, and kind of just our opinions, thoughts about that, as well as just kind of, I, I think we'll probably divulge into a little bit of what we think of uh, Zack, Snyder, Zack Snyder, wow, I can say his name, as a uh, film director as well. I'm not going to be the lone man on the totem pole again, am I? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Oh, we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> and just to be clear, too, I we we are speaking about the, the Zack Snyder film that recently came out. Because in researching, I actually found out that there was another Army of the Dead movie that came out uh, a few years ago. And Amazon tells me I can buy it for a $2. So it must be very high quality. Ooh. <laughs> I hope I hope I got the right one then. <laughs> and watching for research, yeah, our notes are going to be very different if we're all sitting here. And um, even the other day, I actually uh, called it Army of Darkness uh, from Habit, and that's a that's a very different movie in itself too. So hopefully, we all watch the same thing. I, and I, I do think we should have a discussion about the name. I ju you just made me realize that, but we can get into that later because yeah, perfect. I think there's some missed opportunities. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to start off. I'm going to give a little synopsis, a little uh, breakdown of what the movie itself was about. I do recommend taking a look at it if you enjoy zombie movies and just want to, and a little prelude to what I think about the movie, if you really want to turn your brain off and just kind of watch a visually interesting movie, definitely go check it out on Netflix. Very interesting. But kind of what the breakdown of the movie is, is a uh, team of professional zombie killer soldiers, people uh, get hired on to do a casino heist uh, by the owner of the casino. And that's because the entire city of Las Vegas has been overrun by zombies and has been quarantined off from the rest of the United States of America. And it is no longer part of the United States of America, question mark. But they essentially have to work their way through this zombie-infested Las Vegas with all the shenanigans and hijinks that come along with it. And on top of all this thrillingness, there's also a nuke coming in to blow up the entire city. And they are running out of time. Will they get out with the money? 
will they be able to get out with their feelings intact? Because that's apparently something we care about in a zombie movie. Oh, yeah. And by the way, there's some sort of refugee camp. And the zombies are sometimes robots as well. And they have babies. And yeah. Is that's that all? Movie. Uh, no, I think there's probably a few other things. Oh, the, there's alpha zombies. And if you get bit by an alpha zombie and the, the special things happen, but then zombies hibernate. And this is also a metaphor for the, the, the refugee camps at the border. Yeah, that's kind of the movie in a nutshell. Let's talk about it, guys. <laughs> Before we start, this is this is this um, spoiler averse podcast? Oh, I, I, th- at this point, yeah, no, it's it's definitely. I'll put we're, it in the description. There's we're we're heavy into spoilers right now. Okay, now that you gave the little warning synopsis, right? Okay. Yep, good. yep. Because it'd be very hard to toe around <laughs> the, some of the facts. So okay. Oh yeah. Let's, let's get started. Let's get started. Okay, so Kevin, uh, first off, I think let, let's talk about the the title you were just saying. Let's start at the very beginning of the movie. The title. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know, before we even get to that, I, I feel like we could uh, workshop some titles just because there's a lot of cool things going, a lot of cool ideas going on in this movie, and I understand the idea of Army of the Dead is supposed to be some you know giant wave of you know of, of undead people that you cannot fight like that that's that's intense and scary but the whole beauty of this movie was that it was in an abandoned like las vegas town like i feel like we could have you know had some gambling references in the title or something a little bit more like flashy uh, but that's beside the point um if you want my quick review of it uh i actually surprisingly uh enjoyed myself watching this movie and i i fear that it's just because I've been forced to watch, uh, what, seven hours of Zack Snyder films now in the last few weeks that maybe um, he's actually starting to wear <laughs> off on me a little bit in, in, in a very surprising twist. Um, there was a lot of issues I had with it. Um, but this was the first movie in a long, first zombie movie in a long time that I was like able to sit back and just enjoy like the uh, good old days of our zombie youth. Jesse, you want to give your quick shot review of it? First of all, I'm just curious about these other titles that we could have come up with. So uh, well, I mean, take... okay, this is, I'm, 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 I'm spitballing. <laughs> I didn't think about this beforehand, so I really wish I had. But, uh, I mean, there has to be something with Vegas and gambling and dice. And there, there has to be so many other things we could do other than, you know, Army of the Dead. That makes it sound like it's a war movie of some type. And this is definitely not really, unless you count... Um, yeah, the eight, nine people fighting the horde of zombies. <laughs> so if you keep that in the same spirit of because Zack Snyder made, of course, Dawn of the Dead was one of his yes. first movies. Um, if you can keep that of the dead portion in the title, what what would you do to get casino, your gambling references? Casino of the Dead. There I mean, you go. Let, look at that right away. I want to go to that <laughs> casino. I want to see what's going on. Um, Heist of the Dead. Heist of the Dead, yeah. Desert of the Dead. Desert Heist of the Dead, you know. Casino (laughs) Heist of the Dead. There's there's a lot. You just put any two Vegas words together and end it with of dead, and it would work. So pretty easy then, yeah. Strip Club of the Dead. I'm surprised we didn't get any strip club scenes. I mean, we got some zombie strippers, so that was different. So, you know, know, as the guy who... Uh, admittedly enjoyed the Snyder Cut and it's recorded and it's out there for people to listen to so I can never take it back even if I wanted to. Um, 
I I like this movie. I've I've never been like a huge like zombie movie guy. Uh, Michael and I were talking last week about Resident Evil and you know how I had told him I've just started playing you know the Resident Evil games and I'm 31. So yeah, you know, that kind of tells you how long it took me to do that. But uh, yeah, I I enjoyed this movie. I I think going in it was an opportunity to just kind of as Kevin said sit back and just kind of enjoy you know, a cheesy, you know, apocalypse latent, you know, mercenary movie, I guess, heist movie. And then uh, I have always liked Dave Batista as an actor, so I was glad to see him here. Uh, Dick Notaro, though, was good to see as well. And, uh, you know, some of these other actors uh, that I wasn't too familiar with. So, yeah, I, I didn't have much of a personal connection to this, so for me to be able to just kind of sit back and enjoy. And I, I was entertained, so I can't complain. Before we jump to you, Michael, I got to ask. So Jesse, you've seen Dawn of the Dead? I have not actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Um, we should have given that to you as some homework for this. So <laughs> I feel like, um, so, so I, so I was just going to say, I, I, between we, that, kind of a... between that, not having played Resident Evil Four yet, it's amazing you still tolerate me as a friend. <laughs> yeah, I, so I guess I should say so. I grew up like playing the Resident Evil games, um, even enjoying the movies as as bad as they are. Um, I love Dawn of the Dead, the uh, Zack Snyder's remake of the original, um, and I was a big like zombie head for a long time. And, and scary movies in general are are definitely my cup of tea. Um, so I thought it was interesting looking at this through like, my lens of. I used to really be into this genre um, during the revival, like the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I've since gone away from it. But so has Hollywood, you know, we oversaturated the market there. Um, and there's been a few blips over the years, but this is the, like, honestly, the first time I've actually just been able to watch it, um, watch a zombie movie like this straight through. I think maybe The Walking Dead, the six seasons I saw kind of, ruined it for me and i know jesse you were along for the ride with that with me so um i'm just happy to see you giving it another shot and you should definitely go back and check out dawn of the dead yeah i mean i admittedly was a big pansy with scary movies and horror and survival horror and all that stuff for a really long time and you know michael and i talked about it that last week is that there's just sort of a a thrill slash rush slash uh, feeling of catharsis to this genre that you don't really get anywhere else and it works best for me when you have some actual stakes in the characters the survivors you know whatever you want to call them and then or lack thereof lack thereof <laughs> yeah um but then the lone, the the few survivors or whomever that to have yes. to feel that there's some actual stakes there to be invested in those characters, then I find that I gravitate towards this type of stuff because it, I don't know, it's it's hard to replicate. I think the experience that you get here with other genres, and that's kind of a journey I've been on uh, recently. But um, well, that makes me very very happy to hear because I agree the character building is very important in the world have you seen Shaun of the dead then i oh, of course man i love okay Shaun right, of right. the dead. Yeah. Just make sure. Sure. i didn't know how much your uh, <laughs> your fear of the dead you know i don't know how far that extended i just want to make sure I'm, fear of having to watch the walking dead again is what <laughs> really terrifies me more than anything else but uh 
no i shine of the dead was a good one um recently if i mean we're just talking like horror based stuff i started getting more into like stuff like the conjuring so some exorcism type stuff but this was the first like i think kind of action thriller zombie movie that i've sat down and watched for it's been a while probably so um it was it was fun and i i agree with you guys that i think it's a cool concept to have abandoned las vegas be the setting for this and to see some of the the structures and the you know the the buildings and stuff and combination with this you know apocalyptic wasteland i i thought that was a cool locale and you know it's it's a cool it's a fun story and yeah i i thought they did a pretty good job with this so all right so um i i guess i'll weigh in on my opinion of it i'm, I'm kind of similar to kevin i have a i i love zombie movies um i actually pulled up a big list here when jesse was like oh i haven't watched that many of them to be like oh well you got to watch this one and you got to watch yeah. this one um <laughs> i was doing but, the same thing yeah <laughs> so i was like pulling it up and going through and going like oh that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one oh, and just like realized it's like wow this uh basic google search i've watched most of these and remember you know quite a few of them so uh i i have a pretty good uh love of the zombie genre in all its forms from you know Shaun of the dead your more comedic things uh little monsters is also a little is a great one too uh for more of a comedic-esque uh style of zombie films to the more like heart-wrenching ones with the the girl with all the gifts uh the more brutal ones of overlord um uh, hashtag alive i think is how you say it correctly um, and then also the crazy out there existential ones of the dead don't die. So um, I am I'm a connoisseur of zombies is, is, is I, I think I can safely say. Um, but Army of the Dead uh, and I liked um, probably the first quarter of it. And as it went on, I became more and more frustrated with the movie that uh, I was sitting in bed, like yelling at the, the TV because I was so frustrated with what was going on. And suspension of disbelief had been completely broken several times throughout the movie. And it just caused me to be taken out of the moments because of what was happening with the characters and the situations. So... I mean, I this is not a zombie movie that I think I will be returning to anytime soon. And <laughs> but you will be returning to the universe. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I guess we're going to be returning to the universe. And on that note, I actually was looking up something else and I saw that uh, there is apparently some TV series that's going to be coming out here in 2021. I don't know. Uh, called Army of the Dead colon las vegas so they got the las vegas in the tv series but they didn't oh get it in the the movie title wow. um and Zack snyder is directing that as well okay that was where i was gonna say too also i i'm not looking forward to the next phase of this as much as i had fun with this you know and there is definitely problems with it i'm not looking forward to the expanded universe of this all and especially i was going to ask you if Zack snyder was attached to it um, so yeah i'm so a little worried about that yeah, so he's attached to that. Uh, I don't think he's attached to some of the other stuff they were talking about around this movie. The, what is it? 
uh, Army of Thieves, I think is the uh, another one that's coming uh, down the line with the and I am not going to be able to say his name whatsoever, but the safe cracker guy, the actor's name, um, the German dude, the German one. Yeah. Um, Matthias Schweighoffer. Schweighoffer. Sure. That sounds right, Kevin. Dieter. The guy who played Dieter, right? Yeah, the guy that played Dieter. Um, the safe cracker guy. He's going to be, from my understanding, he's directing and also starring in uh, Army of Thieves, which it will be a prequel to uh, the Army of the Dead. And it's going to be about kind of his story before the zombies oh, because hell, hell yeah I'm, I'm down with that <laughs> I, it, it, that's that sounds interesting but i'm mostly i like a good heist movie as well so mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound like snyder's involved with it so that makes me a little bit more excited um <laughs> uh, but i i think this movie has a lot of problems it has a lot of excitement in it and i I was talking with my girlfriend about this and I, I said for every minute of excitement and joy and uh, interest I had in this movie, I had to slog through 10 minutes of pain, suffering and agony to get to that minute. So that's kind of my real hot take on this movie. Oh, good. I, I, I don't think it's a hot take. I, the things <laughs> I'm reading, you know, and seeing in the world are definitely, um, how I thought people would view uh, the Snyder cut, but I was wrong. They, it's uh, it's getting like torn to shreds most places. And I totally get why I think I was just able to suspend my disbelief or my belief or whatever, because I knew it, the like genre it was going to be. And that's not to say that all zombie movies should be like nonsensical, <laughs> but uh, I think just going into it, I was in a better headspace, but if we're going to like break this thing down, there are a million terrible decisions the, the, in just the story and the, in the writing and the pacing is all, all over the place. And it, it's, you know, they're, they definitely, it could have been a lot better with just a few different decisions and, and maybe a, an edit down in, in the runtime overall. Like th- this is definitely not a perfect movie by any means. <laughs> I mean, I think this is, and and I think this is one of my big things is after watching the Snyder cut, after watching this, and then kind of going back and re-reviewing several other of his uh, Snyder's work, it's very clear to me that and and then doing research, I didn't realize until very recently, until uh, Justice League, that he did a lot of uh, music videos and other like he would do the cinematography for a lot of his previous works, and especially the the uh, the Dawn of the Dead being his first like full feature film, he was the one that was doing a lot of the camera work. And it's very clear. And to be clear, I think he is a beautiful, wonderful cinematographer. He makes very interesting shots. He has very beautiful things that he does. He does love his slow-mo a lot, but sometimes it's, it, it makes and puts forth a, uh, a wonderful project or something along those lines. I think he's a great man behind the camera making beautiful, wonderful shots, but I don't think he's a very good director in the sense that he, he, he struggles kind of with story as a director, I feel like, and it kind of, he he kind of gets, I feel like he gets a little rambly in his storytelling. He gets a little off. He doesn't know like tonality. Sometimes it feels like it just, he throws dialogue is uh, not, great <laughs> that's like a Zack Snyder line right there like it's it was it, it, his writing is definitely not 
great. And that's what I think about um, why I was a little disappointed to hear that he's involved in some of the other projects. Because I feel like maybe he sets up this world and universe and that would be cool. But I would like to see somebody who could actually, you know, write with something to say, like, take this on, like, take this universe on. That would be like a really cool thing to see. So I agree with you. (laughs) Well, I did not expect to be the guy happiest. Excuse me. uh, Happiest with a a zombie movie on our podcast so that's a new experience for me as well, well it's because you're, uh, you're you're a newbie to the zombie world you know so it's like uh you're not you're not sure where your expectations should lie everything seems so cool and fun right now you know like oh, cool yeah. like murders and uh fun like set pieces and stuff like that no i'm just kidding I, i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed it I really am. here well, here is what i would recommend to the two of you after the Snyder cut and after just having listened to your thoughts on this one is I would stay away from this man's work moving forward (laughs) because if he hasn't won you over by now, he's probably not going to with anything else that he does for the rest of his career. And you're only going to set yourself up for more disappointment. And what, what was the term, Michael? uh, Considerable pain. (laughs) <laughs> immense suffering something along yeah. those lines yeah I, I do agree with that like i typically do avoid his movies anyway but i also think like, <laughs> I, I think it's just funny because i enjoy myself so much more in this one than like the justice league and i think part sure. of it was um because it was like a you know it's zombies but it's not you know it's not superman and batman like all these characters that like we know and love like i don't care if he like screws up like zombies and and plays around with it you know it's kind of like the horror genre in general is kind of like that so i think i've like accepted Mm -hmm. him more when he's like this than he is when he's in these big blockbuster budget movies or something i do agree with michael in that his strength is definitely more in his visuals and how he films the cinematography rather than what he puts into the script i think in a more sort of gory, violent way that Snyder is similar in a lot of ways to George Lucas in that he knows how to put on spectacle and he can entertain and he has a lot of fans who, you know, really appreciate his work, but he doesn't exactly either. He doesn't understand or he doesn't know, or he doesn't care how to have his characters emote and reveal information without them saying exactly how they're feeling. (laughs) And and I've noticed this in man of steel, um, especially in the romantic dialogue, which I think you touched on Kevin, but um, especially in man of steel. And then again, here when these characters are having reunions and they're just flat out stating exactly how they're feeling. And this is like, Dude, this is not how people actually talk, especially not in this kind of situation when they might die at any moment, you know? Yeah. It's it's so on the nose and it can take you out of the scene and it can feel clumsy and then it kind of limps into whatever the next sequence is going to be. So in that sense, that's definitely one of his weaknesses as a director. But I, you know appreciate what he his strengths enough to where those shortcomings don't ruin the experience for me no does it discourage me from you know seeking out his work in the future so especially with with something like this i mean i came off 
you know, the Snyder Cut, which I was pretty hyped for. If you go back and listen to the <laughs> episode we did the week before that, enjoyed it, was a fan, you know, still like that movie a lot. So coming to this, which, you know, I have far less of a personal stake in, you know, it's kind of, you know, whatever happens, happens in this case. And uh, you know, I was surprised to see that I liked it. But I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Dave Batista in this movie, who I think. <laughs> and I know Michael laughs because, you know, the wrestling connection. Um, and that's that's fair. Um, but uh, I actually appreciate him in some ways more as an actor than I do as a wrestler. And I think his work has really shown that he's not, I mean, of course this is just a big zombie heist film bloodbath. So it doesn't really see that here, but his work I think has shown that he's not just trying to be another big, you know, big budget action star and that he's a little more thoughtful about the roles that he takes than some of the other guys who have tried to walk that path. So I, I, I'm a fan of the guy. I, I support him, and I, I thought he was one of the strengths of this movie for sure. I do like your point about uh, the George Lucas comparison for sure. Um, it's also there's a, I don't know if I want to call it like the ego, but there's also the idea they very much believe in their product and they don't like to hear edits around it or changes to it. Sure, and that's like you know part of the reason George Lucas even just sold the rights to Disney for Star Wars was I think he was sick of hearing about you know, the, what, what fans and what other people would do to the movies, you know, he's kind of like, here, you, you take it then. Cause it's like, these are the movies I'm, I'm making kind of thing. And I, I see that a lot in Zack Snyder too, as well. Like it, it seems like he mm-hmm. needs some people to tell him no sometimes mm-hmm. or like push or, you know, work with more people. I also was curious though about the cinematography. Like typically I, I'm on board with you with him. Um, like his spectacles and his cinematography is great. I was a little confused, but maybe you, both could shine some light into it as to like his use of like the blurry focus like yeah. it almost looked like everything was filmed in portrait mode on an iphone like <laughs> and i i know that was is a huge choice of his because it was constant um maybe like walk me through that choice and if it makes sense because that kind of took me out of it yeah um sometimes when we like zoom out or zoom into like a zombie face and it would just be so blurry um, and I felt like maybe my setup's not correct on my TV. I don't know, but maybe walk me through that. I'd be happy to talk about that because actually, I after watching this, I was I really am a big guy for behind the scenes stuff. I love um, VFX. Uh, there's a, even a channel I watch on YouTube pretty consistently. Um, I think it's a Corridor Crew where they like break down like good and bad CGI and they talk a lot about it. I have a background in theater and doing the behind the scenes stuff. So I love these types of things. So I know that uh, Snyder actually got very specific lenses. um, And apparently like one of the lenses is like a super unique one. It was like handcrafted by some guy in Japan, if I remember correctly. And then they like the lenses themselves and they put the casing in the housing. And so, you know, he's filming through these lenses and you even like see like um, throughout the movie, you'll get like dead cells in the filming. Uh, because essentially these lenses were made by hand and aren't perfect. And so he wanted to use those lenses from what I've seen through interviews and uh, online is that he wanted to give kind of this claustrophobic feeling in certain situations, having that super in focused um, main character or the, the, you know, the portrait uh, mode, if like you said there, Kevin, uh, where everything else is kind of blurred out to give you that feeling of 
what it would really be like to be kind of having your adrenaline pumping to be experiencing this for real life where as humans we would have like a tunnel vision and so we'd only be able to see the thing directly in front of us so clearly because our minds would be racing to try to figure out what was actually happening so that's kind of why that was a choice um i think it works in several scenes in other scenes i think it's completely needless and is more confusing right. and i think other times they did it they implemented it also to potentially cover up some of the cgi for uh tig uh tig Nataro being cgi'd in over top of the other actor that they had on wait what was the Tig Natar, why was Tig Natar oh, CGI'd? That's a uh, whole other thing. That's a that whole other thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, we can circle back to that one. But I think just kind of on the technical aspect and the reason for it was that was kind of part of the idea that he had was that some of these shots he wanted them, he wanted us to kind of feel that adrenaline and the claustrophobia of being in this situation was the reason behind a lot of those shots. Okay. And I, I totally get that. I think there might've been an overuse of that specific thing in, in some aspects, like you were mm -hmm. saying, it doesn't always fit, but it definitely, there was times where it made sense for sure. He ramped back on the slow motion a little bit though. <laughs> I know I was, uh, <laughs> I was impressed. It was two and a half hours long and there was only like five minutes of slow motion. I feel like it's, it's, and I, I'm a Snyder fan, but it, it's a little amusing that a two and a half hour movie feels short for him based on the other <laughs> things that he does. That's but, what I mean. So. I feel like he prepped me. He like gave me this just the Snyder cut. So like I, I slogged through it. And then like by the time his next movie came out, I'm like, oh, I could do this. No. <laughs> it's funny. We, we, my girlfriend actually points out, she always says like unnecessary slow-mo when we watch movies together, like the guy, uh, like, you know, CinemaSins type thing where yeah. she like points out the specific <laughs> issue of it and so she she was surprised too that she didn't actually notice that much slow-mo um and i actually had to think about it and i was like oh yeah i guess there wasn't like a uh an egregious amount of it in this movie where i feel like there would have been in other situations like there would be maybe zach uh listened to our last podcast and <laughs> edited everything down and sped it up yeah maybe Definitely. Think, that's, we're changing lives here. <laughs> he wanted to surprise you with the blurry camera. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out. We were talking about um, uh, Dave Batista in this role. Um, we also, uh, Tig, uh, Tig Nataro uh, was wonderful. Uh, super, yeah. like her, her comedic timing was that, that, that made th those were those minutes of enjoyment I was talking about most of them were around her. I feel like she did a, a wonderful job coming into the role, but I wanted to give out another shout out to uh, Samantha Wynn. Um, she played chambers. Uh, she came along uh, was one of the, like the YouTuber people. Mm -hmm. um, yep. She is actually been involved in a few other Snyder things. She was in um, the justice league movie as one of the Amazons. She was also in wonder woman and she is a stunt performer and i just want to say she's she's a badass in this movie and i feel like they did her character dirty yeah absolutely um, at, uh, yeah 100% i totally agree it it irritates me to no end that during their little like pre-heist meeting thing with the model and the in in the big old uh, they're all pulling up in their cars and stuff like that and they're like who hasn't killed a zombie before and she's like me and then yeah. she's a motherfucking badass she's just capping zombies left right and center she jumps through a pane glass window uh to get away from them and she, 
she's a badass and it irritates me that they kind of set her up as this like character that wasn't that good quote unquote self-proclaimed i've never killed a zombie i don't don't know what i'm doing type person whereas um uh, batista's daughter kate sorry scott ward is the character he plays and then uh kate is his daughter is Mm -hmm. like anti-stormtrooper aim in that hallway just downs like seven zombies just with headshot after headshot after headshot and it's just all over the place with the 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 the, the representation of these characters it's just right. sorry well no and i agree so uh, I, i'm gonna bounce off that because um i didn't i missed that she was one of the ones the chambers character was one of the ones that hadn't shot a zombie i, I must have just forgotten by the time they had introduced <laughs> you know 800 characters um because she was a total badass and she even took everything she like went in the rear because she didn't trust that other guy you know, which means she definitely has like experience. Like they they trust her to be this like military person who, you know, has these skills. And she obviously did. She should have gotten away. I still think she should have gotten away. And that if some if they had just gone and helped yeah. her, um, right there. Uh, I and I don't believe like in the way they set up this movie was like everyone had been involved in this zombie invasion. Like anyone who's alive, killing zombies. So it makes no sense to me that she just avoided it this whole time until the YouTuber asked her to join. That, that doesn't make any sense. Cause I do like, I also, I pick, I thought, you know, Kate being a, such a good shot. I thought that actually just made sense. Cause I, again, I assumed everyone like had to learn in this world, you know what I mean? In my head, but you're right. Yeah. That makes no sense. It's just inconsistent writing again. Yeah. From Snyder. I, I would have traded her for her friend who made it a little bit longer than she did, but, uh, yeah, that's a bummer. But um, you mean I, with a with Mikey. the actual YouTuber? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yeah, he I, didn't uh, really do much either. I mean, like as, no. for the for the movie overall, like he was a badass too. But um, the the one thing I remember him for was Dieter saying, "I like your hair," and that wasn't even his <laughs> line. You know, yeah. his thing. I I did think it was kind of funny, and I don't believe they intended this as. Uh, a comedic moment but when they're trying to bring that one guy in who they're going to essentially sacrifice to you know the alphas and batista goes no the team's big enough because they yeah. just keep adding more and more people yeah, and it's like i don't know who anybody's name it is at this point. like 30 minutes of like this is like oceans 15 or something like just <laughs> gathering everybody in the world and i knew they were i i, I thought they were doing that because they're gonna obviously kill awful lot of people you know so you need bodies um, but yeah, that yeah. was, that, I think that was like a little tongue in cheek, like towards it. Like, okay. Right. Like how many of these people are we going to drag in there? Yeah. Uh, the character's name was Bert. Yeah. Bert and also coming. with, with yeah. Bert, did, was there, and, and unless I missed it, is there a big opportunity missed? Like when he was a sacrifice and then he never comes back as like a revenge filled alpha zombie character. No, he, he he's in back. there. Yeah, he yeah. came back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, That's he's fine. in the, he's in the hotel. Um, and mind you, he, uh, well, you say that. Go ahead. Uh, he, you say he like doesn't come back. He like comes back like momentarily, and then gets and then he gets killed. Like he kind of is a he's like a minor nuisance. I feel like oh. uh, versus like the level they built him up in, and and then then he then he's gone, and yeah. then that was it. I guess that's what I was. I see. I even missed it. Like that's how small it was. I thought it was going to be a big like thematic, you know, what goes around comes around thing. But it was like a blink and you miss it in a way. Yeah. Sorry, I, I know I kind of got us off, and we kind of got off topic, but I think one thing, and I'm going to circle back to kind of more about Snyder 
here uh, just kind of showcases the, these kind of elements that we're talking about here between the characters is that I feel like Snyder just, he needs a script doctor is really what he needs for uh, projects like this. And I say that knowing like going through and like rethinking and uh, evaluating how I feel about a lot of his other works. Like this has very sucker punch vibes to me where <laughs> it's really cool. It has great concepts. It's interesting and visually cool, but there's so many plot holes. You can drive a semi through this movie and right. I, he just, I, I think he's a great director in the sense that he puts forth really cool, interesting stuff, but I feel like he really does need that, that second set of eyes kind of watching and going, um, Zach, uh, there's a nuke coming. Should we really have this character expositing her massive amount of love and desire for this other character right now? We couldn't do this a little earlier in the movie <laughs> or put some other small dialogue in there or, you know, have her have a death scene where she exposits this. So it's not just them standing around while there's a nuke coming. Right. No, absolutely. And, but that's like his trademark at this point, right? Like he, he's just so like stubborn to his vision that it seems like there's no helping the worst part of his movies, which is like the script and the dialogue. But that's what I, that was a lot of my grip with, you know, like justice league, like giving him just free reign over everything. And like, do, do you feel the same way about like justice league? Like, do you see how that um, gets like bogged down by their plot holes and, and, terrible dialogue i think it it gets i think it gets bogged down by some of the bad dialogue um i do think it's some of the dialogue is better than it is in the uh, other version of the justice league but i still do kind of see this knack zach snyder-ness that's there um and i feel like the where this kind of gets bogged down with some of the plot holes and some of the other things I feel like the four hours of the Snyder cut allows for some of those to be alleviated and the pressure, you don't notice them. I feel like hitting that's a good point beat after, you know, one beat and there's, Oh, well, why is it like this? Okay. Now we're into another scene. And then the next scene has another thing. That's kind of a plot hole. And you're like, wait, why is, why is Martin the security guard outside the front of the hotel? Why he was inside the hotel with them a moment ago and he's going up to the roof of that same hotel. Why is he being attacked by a tiger outside? Oh, okay. Uh, they're letting, okay. The saw is being used for something. Wait, okay. Oh, wait. All right. And you just kind of, I feel like this movie just had the, a lot of the problem towards the end of it, where it was just like a lot of these compounding issues were trying to be introduced and it wasn't really, no, absolutely. successful. And I feel like also with this movie, there's a lot of like, I felt like they were setting up a lot. Like there was a, uh, oh, yeah. a lot of interesting ideas. And like, I think we've said a lot that it'd be interesting to see this world in somebody else's hands with, you know, a better story editor or uh, writer. Um, but then they just end up killing everyone, including uh, what is her name? Gita, the girl <laughs> that like the, that we don't see goes. her dead body. No, I know. We, are they setting us up for something? I don't know. But yeah. Like, well, yeah. She's the reason that um, <laughs> Scott Ward and the helicopter driver, sorry, um, <laughs> Tig, is, uh, you know, they end up, end up dying because they had to go back and find the daughter who was looking for Gita. And then we just never see that resolution. Like, did, did they at least save the mother of the children? Like, give us that. <laughs> um, but there's like a lot of these things that were just kind of like left 
I don't know. They just kill people off. It seems like they're just obsessed with like killing everything off and like leaving it. And then there didn't really seem to be a point to anything like other than the daughter, you know, reconnecting with her father who then died. Like it, it seemed like a lot of fuss for nothing. <laughs> But also, okay, so did, Jesse... Did I, you I, feel over-fussed, Kevin? Uh, over-fussed, yeah. No, I mean, I enjoyed myself again, but if you think about it, yeah, Michael's right. Mm. It falls apart quickly. Like, for example, Jesse, explain to me mm-hmm. the plan of Martin, which is mm-hmm. the... Um, security guard. Security right. guard, for lack of a better word. Ex- explain to me the, the plan and, and how, like, what, they're, what, what he's trying to do and how it makes any sense, if you don't mind. Well, I will have to... Jeez, I'll have to go back and rewatch, I guess, because I missed the choppiness when he was trying to escape after he trapped him in the basement. But um, I saw that as he was, you know, just basically trying to screw him over with, you know, he's going to take the helicopter and just leave them all to die. Discovers that Lily, I think was her name, um, the blonde chick, uh, stole the head from him. And so mm-hmm. then trying to figure out what he's going to do and then he gets mauled by the zombie tiger which we have not talked about yet well i well, thought back, it was pretty cool <clears throat> back up back up for a second i'm saying yeah. what was his plan going into las vegas well i i think that was his plan was, was to... to get the zombie head of the queen of sure. alphas yeah and then use that to lead an army of the dead for the government see that sounds like a plausible plan from our U.S. government, so I don't, <laughs> doesn't so, feel like a major stretch to me. But. <laughs> I did like the line um, that was obviously uh, about bombing on the Fourth of July being really cool and patriotic, um, yeah. sounding like it was you know it could be a realistic thing one of our presidents might or um, could be straight out of idiocracy. But I just like I still don't understand exactly like. And that's where, like, the Army of the Dead name bothers me in the whole, because, like, it seemed like they wanted that to be a focus of, like, they're going to create their own Army of the Dead. But it just seemed like this weird side thing that didn't seem to fit at all. Um, and it never really made any sense to me. And then, yeah, I also kind of missed how he just got mauled by the tiger. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's done. We're done with that. And that was, whew, that was gory. But, you know, yeah, you... <laughs> don't get me wrong. I loved that that happened because yeah. uh, I feel like this... Uh, movie and I think we're kind of getting into one of the kind of topics I wanted to talk about which was kind of just the plot holes and a few other uh, I, I feel like you've talked to the plot holes over a few oh, times th- no that's the problem <laughs> there's more of them <laughs> that's the part that I struggle with um, and then also like the checkoffs, uh, checkoff guns that happened like there's so many throughout this entire uh, uh, movie that are just it, and it's frustrating but explain Chekhov's gun and yeah. maybe give an example. Yeah, so uh, the Chekhov's gun is a term that essentially is used, I think it's a playwright, um, talked about if you introduce a gun in the first act, you have to use that gun in the third act. Uh, so like, it, specifically, if you hang a pistol on the wall and reference the pistol, then you use it in the third act. Hence, also, my Chekhov gun that I said at the beginning that there's a gun in my room and I'm not going to reference it for the rest of the, the podcast. I'm actually referencing it now. That's my Chekhov's gun. So mm-hmm. full nice. circle there. Yeah. Yes. Boom. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to keep the writer focused and not add in unnecessary 
details or, or conflicting ideas, like kind of stay focused on what your, you know, central idea is and, and don't confuse the reader or the viewer mm-hmm. with unnecessary yeah. um, and I, things. And I think kind of one of my big, so I, I think to be clear, and I think what Kevin's driving at here is the idea is, is that this Martin guy is going in on this team with uh, the rest of them on the behest of uh, Tanaki, Tanaka, I think it is, the, the, the casino owner. They're like, hey, you need to go in and get like all this money out of the vault. And that's the plan that they're originally told. But he's really there to get this head of a zombie that they meet right when they come in through the front doors. Like, there was no need for them to go through all that stuff. He didn't need to put himself in that situation. Now, admittedly, I will say it does make a, you know, he didn't know that that zombie was going to be there. But I don't understand why they hired all of these people. It seems like he owns enough. The, the, the casino owner has enough money. He's got the backing of the United States government. Why they can't just drop in since they are in charge of that area and get the zombie head themselves. It just It's crazy to me that essentially they do this whole heist thing in a way to get him there and get him out. But it seems like he could have just walked in through the front door and done it himself. Right. Like in that moment, he sees it, you know, then there's nine of them. Just tackle the girl, take the head and get out of there. (laughs) And and, end of movie. Yeah. So I guess you have to also go back for um, Gita. But that's about it. I mean, yeah, but that's only Kate's job. Like, that's the only thing that Kate wants to do. So that's (laughs) I think, yeah, that's kind of one of the the big parts that bug me. And, And kind of back to the. Him getting mauled by the tiger, which visually is awesome and love it. That guy is a badass for doing that entire thing. Um, if you watch the uh, behind the scenes, he there's he did it himself. He didn't do a stunt person for most of it. Um, and they have him like on wires and just like throwing him into cars and like some guy in a green suit just like lifting up his legs so they can get the frame of reference as he's getting jerked around. So Wait, I are mean, you saying um, the actual actor who played? Martin? Yeah, the actual actor so that played. Garrett- Garrett Dillahunt, who is great also in um, Raising Hope. It's an old sitcom that was awesome. So I, was, I actually enjoyed seeing him in this role, even though <laughs> it's, it was a little unusual. He's usually this like um, dry, funny guy. Hmm, um, seeing him here was uh, as an action cop was kind of interesting. But I do think that is actually one example where um, I give Snyder credit because Martin, the whole time, every time he saw the tiger, he made a comment about like, mm-hmm. Is that necessary? <laughs> and then he even called it perverse at some point. Like he was the only one like commenting, like, come on, like a zombie tiger. And then um, you know, foreshadowing that it was absurd and it, that that was his end. Um, like that's actually, you know, one right. one one thread he followed through on and um, you know, in a in a good way. All right. I feel like Kevin and I have I've talked for quite some time. Jesse, would you <laughs> yes. like to weigh in on something? First off, do you do you guys need a hug, Michael? <laughs> you okay? I I kind I kind of did need a hug after this movie. Like I said, I uh, we we watched it after your brunch, uh, after your wedding, Jesse, uh, the girlfriend and I in um, our bed because we were so tired. Oh and yeah, maybe I was, you were too tired, man. That you I don't know. Rest after that weekend. I don't know. I was like sitting up in bed yelling at them about the nukes. Uh, that's one, admittedly that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when like there's a in movies is when there's like a timeline that's like 
we're going to die if we don't leave this location by this amount of time. And then they're doing like small little dick around things that that, that bugs me. So, but well, I was yeah. For for example, when the guy approaches him, um, Tanaka, and says, "You know, he's nuking this in four days. I want you to take this money." And then he tells him, take the night to sleep on it. Like, you don't have the night to sleep on it. You've got to <laughs> gather people and get, like, do it today. Don't do it in, like, three days. So, <laughs> yes. Damn but, it, Michael. Now, now you're going to be all riled up about this. Yeah, see? Exactly. So, yeah, maybe a hug would be nice, Jesse. <laughs> well, next time I see you, we'll, we'll make sure that happens. But oh, thank uh, I think, and this is just me spitballing here, I think perhaps I am not as offended because I, again, with this movie, and I like Zack Snyder, but I was not like chomping at the bit for you know to see this or anything like that. It's, so, it's like, low cool. stakes for you. Pretty low stakes. The story bits, I think, harken back to some of the conversations we've had previously about him, where his movies are not super accessible from a storytelling perspective or a casual audience. Here, I think. He just kind of relied too much on the audience's, I guess, ability to brush away, you know, some of those things like, well, you know, why aren't they getting there faster? Why didn't they just send in the government, you know, to get this head if that's all that they really wanted? I rationalize that as our government is freaking incompetent in a lot of ways. So <laughs> to botch this as well is not that much of a, a leap for me to take. But That uh, is true. Even in the script <laughs> itself, they're botching the nuke that they're dropping on yeah. the city. So yeah. Yeah. at least that's consistent. I, I will I give did, you that. I did want to touch. I did like some of the... Uh, the earlier bits as well, the opening montage with you kind of see the fall oh. of Vegas and you see you see this fucking rich guy in a robe just fall into a, a hot tub and he gets devoured by these zombie prostitutes. So I thought that was, you know, a form of poetic justice that I <laughs> sex uh, workers, found humorous. Dusty. They're called sex workers. Sex yes. workers, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so I enjoyed that bit. I found myself, you know, kind of wishing that you know some more of these female characters got a little bit more shine towards the end because i thought they were more badass than most of the dudes um i don't know i for me i think i came and i saw what you know i expected to see which was a Zack snyder blood fest setting in a uh, zombie you know overrun las vegas so from that standpoint i feel like my expectations we're met. Will I rewatch this anytime soon? Probably not. It probably <laughs> will be a Halloween, you know, the the wife and I, you know, do some edibles and get high and watch this around Halloween. So, that'll, you know, something like that. But um, I think for me, um, it, 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 it lived up to what I, I thought I was going to get. So, yeah. I, and I think that's fair. I think I, I'm kind of in the middle between you two here where I, I, I get both sides because I just had fun with it, turning off my brain. That's kind of what I like to do with this genre. And so I mm -hmm. like, you know, debating these plot holes and because it's all silly. It's ridiculous. Like the zombie world and, and uh, you know, as a whole. But I also get what like Michael's saying with like, hey, if you're going to if you're going to write something like this, like if you had just a script doctor on it or you had some storytelling, you took a storytelling class and you cleaned up some of this, like you could have had a really like tight script with um a lot of good things to say and um a lot of interesting characters it just needed some some tightening up overall 
just um, because like the zombie genre you know started off with, in, with like social commentary about mm-hmm. yeah. um, like from George Romero about us as a human population you know doing mindless things and there wasn't really any uh, social commentary in here I mean there was there was a bit of the government being uh, you know not the most functioning ship around but um outside of it it seemed like he zach snyder just wanted to blow up vegas and see it undead which which is fine it's just there was a lot more potential here just stay away from snyder michael he he upsets you and that's bad (laughs) for your girlfriend and for your neighbors at your apartment complex so or get him to get a script doctor that um, yeah. or teach him about storytelling you know he wants to change the world write him a strongly worded letter demanding <laughs> that you get to be his script doctor from now on <laughs> i mean maybe that, that that sounds like a great job uh to be clear Sny- i i love some of his other stuff i love 300 i dawn of dawn of the dead is one of my favorite zombie yes. movies uh it's top so 10 it's great um and i even specified like modern zombie movies it's 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 solid and there's a few others that i really enjoy of his watchman's really great um this is a really deep cut but the le- uh, the legend of the guardians the owls of gahul <laughs> i forgot about that yeah i never, yeah, I never he, saw the owls the owls he directed that which is such a weird like when you look at his filmography um as a director it's just like you know 300 watchmen dawn of the dead man of steel sucker punch kids movie <laughs> um that was an interesting detour in his yeah. filmography for sure and, and, and even in that he's got some really beautiful shots that are done in slow-mo um because <laughs> he couldn't get away from it but he can't I, help himself dude he, i know but i feel like that's kind of where he's getting to this point where he's done the, like a really cool he's built up this fan base um a rabid fan base of people that really enjoy his stuff. And now he's getting to this point where it's like, Hey man, every, you know, everyone does need a little uh, help here and there to make sure that what they're producing is, you know, good and tight. And I feel like he would be really good going forward in a role of like a producer or, you know, something along those lines, like helping out on movies where he's able to help with the artistic vision and maybe can take a step back away from some of the more story based parts of it because kevin you brought up the social commentary that's actually something i wanted to talk about is that there is some social commentary in here it's buried confusing and i don't know where he was going with it but there's like the refugee slash quarantine slash detention camp that's out (laughs) directly outside of vegas what is that why is it there that's never really explained in the movie there's just we just accept Mm. it as it being there and then there's the 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 brett the jerk guy whose name escapes me Bert Bert walking around with his little thermometer gun and you know clearly talks about him being uh which then plays on the part later is that there's this problem with him uh that he's a rapist abusing uh, his power that he's abusing this power and I know that that's a per- that's been coming up recently with um um UN soldiers in some parts of Africa and that's you know consistent problem with the abuse of power at the border even in our own country so that's a great part of social commentary doesn't really go far uh admittedly you know Bert gets his kinemopids he gets shot in the leg and then taken off to become an alpha zombie um but that's kind of left there then there's also the implication that Zeus the alpha 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 zombie the mm-hmm. omega zombie I guess I don't <laughs> 
Um, he he he's has like a harem of living women that he is raping? Question mark. Trying to it, impregnate? Question gets, mark. It gets confusing when they're undead, but yes. Yeah, well, th but that's even like something Snyder said is like in an interview afterwards, he's talked about like that's part of the whole mythos that he's building part of this culture is that or this this uh, cinematic universe, uh, the zombie verse, the army of the dead verse. Um, right. Is Just that see, and that's what's frustrating. The, the, the whole point of building a universe is that you have time to get to the world that you're building. Like this should be more of a setup of everything. And instead, it seems it, it, it reads as like a jumping from idea to idea that don't seem really fleshed out. Like if he fleshed it all out into a, a total world, you know, he could take his time and focus on one area and make this a really cool, tight um, movie. Um, but instead, it's just like flustered all over the place. Like the alphas that you brought up, you know, using Vegas as like their kingdom. Like that reminds me a lot of like. I, you know, I am legend kind of touched on this when like yeah. zombies evolve the movie, at least when they kind of evolved into this higher uh, functioning being, or even like the Mad Max world where, you know, it's, it's all deserty and they, they aren't zombies per se, but they're these like creatures that, you know, it's like this, that have taken over this, this area. Um, like there's like a really cool idea there of like the zombies making their last stand in Vegas and then using it to expand themselves. But it just kind of gets, and maybe it'll get picked up later, but it kind of like just floats away. Like, like every character who just, just dies, like everything just kind of <laughs> dies here. Yeah. I did yeah. think they were setting it up for sequels with this crew. And I was like, Oh, well that would be kind of fun to see these guys back. And then everybody was pretty much dead by the end. I was like, Oh, I guess so much for that. They That's were a... literally dead except for Kate. I, I, yeah. Maybe Gita. And, and I would have loved to see uh, like Vanderhoe and um, a theater, like buddy cop, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. some sort of like duo fighting these, like they can have their whole spinoff show for all I care, at least a movie. Like they yeah. had, a great chemistry but everyone literally dies except for kate as far as i can remember yeah forever for whatever it's worth actors seem to really enjoy working with him and like what he puts down in the script so i have a couple of quotes for you and then we can transition to the to the finale <laughs> here but uh yeah uh enjoying the film uh batista said Batista, I got to get that wrestling jargon out of there. Batista said his initial reaction to the offer was a clear no, as the actor was searching for dramatic roles, but that wanting to work with Snyder and having read the screenplay, he changed his mind and agreed to star. He also mentioned that he had to choose the project over the Suicide Squad and told Digital Spy that I had the Suicide Squad where I got to work with my boy James Gunn again, even though it's a smaller role. And then I had Army of the Dead on which I get to work with Zach. I get to build a relationship with Netflix. I get a lead role in a great film and I get paid a lot more money. <laughs> I had to call James. I told him it breaks my heart because as a friend, I want to be there with you, but professionally, this is a smart de uh, decision for me. And then they also talked to Ana de la Reguera, who I believe played uh, his uh, almost love interest, uh, Maria, I think. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, and she says, let me find the quote again. Um, she said that she was asked why she wanted to join the film and said that it was because of its screenplay that compared to other zombie features, Army of the Dead was always about love. I mean, so that's fair. There, it, it there was a not, moment. There was a few moments. There were, there were some moments, uh, whether you enjoyed those or not, I think <laughs> it's up to you. Um, but, um, you know, 
whatever, you know, however this, you know, his content and his, you know, what he produces comes across to fans. I mean, every time he has a project, actors just gravitate towards him and want to work with the guy. So maybe whatever shortcomings he has on screen are made up for by, you know, how he works with people behind the scene. You know, I, I have no idea, but yeah, it, yeah that's, there you go. That's, a, that's a good point. He's worked with a lot of great talent over the years and I'm sure he, and, uh, yeah, I've never heard a complaint or anything. No. Um, but I also was reading that James Gunn had a, had a chance to direct this, I believe at some point. And, um, yeah. and then that didn't go up, you know, work out, but that would have been, that would have been great for me to see. I think James Gunn would have, had a lot of fun with this world and might've been a little bit more coherent unless he had to use the Snyder script. I don't know. Well, DC <laughs> wasn't letting Snyder anywhere near another one of their movies. So James Gunn, it was. Really. Yeah. Um, perfect. Yeah. I, I, I think those, you, you bring up a good point, Jesse. I think he does kind of have this gravitas to him that brings quality actors to him. And I, it's gotta be his, experience in working with people that really makes them flock to him. And, you know, I'm and to kind of lead into the next part, um, I wanted to quickly touch on a few other things before we wrap up here, just again, because I'm a behind the scenes nerd. I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the amazing uh, effects that happened. But there mm -hmm. was one thing I realized, I, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing, uh, so Kevin, the reason that uh, Tig Notaro yes. is Thank in this you movie. Thank you for coming back to this. Yeah, it's getting I, crazy. <laughs> sorry, uh, I totally forgot of it. So, um, and this we can leads into the VFX stuff, is uh, Tig Notaro actually wasn't originally cast in this role. Um, there was another person, uh, Chris Deli, Dela, Dela, um, Delia, maybe Delia. <laughs> we, yeah. we slaughter names on this show. So. Yeah. Um, so he was originally in this, uh, in that role and you might even notice, uh, some of the dialogue doesn't really track. Uh, yeah. Now that as, you say that I'm, I'm mm -hmm. putting it together. Okay. Yeah. On. So there's like some scenes where they refer to the, the Tig character as guy. And that could just, you know, be a generic name or, you know, maybe the, Tignataro character is, um, you know, doesn't go by uh, conventional well, pronouns. For I, I, I picked what up you would assume. They said they said yeah. guy, but then they really quickly said she, following us like in the next line, and I was like, okay, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was just a overlooked thing or like a nickname. Yes. Yeah. So and and so that's perfectly fine. But essentially, the the other the other um, actor comedian human Chris uh, had some undue things come out about him and uh, uh, reports to sexual um, uh, sexual abuse uh, accusations from some women, um, some age potential there uh, with some of the stuff. So essentially what happened is that they had already shot all these scenes for with him in it. And then this came out. And so what they did was they were like, well, we don't want him to be in the movie. So we're going to switch him out. And they CGI'd and did some clever editing and a few other things with Tig Notaro to kind of replace him in this movie. Um, so he isn't in it at all now. Wow. So, okay, I'm looking this up. So Chris uh, Delia, I would say. Delia. Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, he was the guy who was in the show You, where he played a, um, 
uh, uh, like a famous person with some, uh, yeah, underage tendencies. And then, yeah, I remember he came out or they that came out his accusations. Mm-hmm. I did not realize he was cast in that role. That is incredible. And now I actually feel like I want to rewatch just to see the awkwardness of getting Tig there. That's because um, I, I, like I said, I didn't notice it without knowing any of that. But there was like, it did kind of feel like she, she was in her own movie in a way, like in her own little world, I guess <laughs> I should say. Yeah, and that's actually because uh, for several of the shots, she was. She was on her own like green screen area. They had to like rewatch the movie, uh, try to match his movements that he was doing um, with some of the scenes so she could be essentially CGI'd in later, uh, as well as kind of some of the edits were done and some of the cuts were specifically done so that you could have something like, I think the, one of the first ones is when they're like walking up to her to like recruit her, uh, uh, the character of Scott and Maria. And they're like talking through a fence and it's cut to them, cut back to her, yeah. cut to right. them. It's like back and forth. So you don't see them in the same scene in that moment. And it's a lot of uh, voiceover and stuff like that. And it's because they probably had some sort of scene where they might've had them two together, but then they cut it. So that it didn't look like it anymore. Wow. Yeah. And I think I remember one scene when they walked in, when they first got into the Vegas border, Yep. Um, you could definitely see like Tig was like a little, like I thought it was just a uh, normal CGI, you know, just didn't expand all the way or something like, you know, didn't render correctly. Um, <laughs> but now that I think about it, it was just like, they, <laughs> they just dropped her in there. Yeah. O- overlaid her in there. Okay. That's yeah. they, I thought they did their best to make, Chicken oh yeah, shit out of chicken salad, basically. But yeah, it begs the question: Why didn't she just get the role in the first place? And then you wouldn't <laughs> have had to worry about that. But. I mean, she uh, a shining star in this uh, movie, like I said. Uh, for me, yeah. she was yeah. most solid. definitely. Yeah. Uh, but okay, I'm gonna run down some uh, quick stuff because again, I just I, I have to gloat uh, about or not gloat um, <laughs> rave about the amazing stuff they did for this movie on the back end um as much as maybe i don't have i don't like how snyder writes his scripts or directs the you know emotional love scenes in them the man knows his technology and knows how to be an artist so kind of a rundown uh specifically the uh fx shots uh the featuring uh, was um done by fractured fx um a house that specializes in this type of stuff where they did they did the makeup for the zombies, the costumes, the whole uh, experience. They had like four specific stages of zombie uh, decay that they did a lot of research on human bodies out in the desert and kind of what that would look like. And so you can see that throughout the movie is that there's different versions of it um, with the opening scene, which is done beautifully, having a lot more of the freshers kill zombies where they just have kind of some like uh, they still look like humans, but you can start seeing some of the veins and the chem- uh, the 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 virus or whatever it is kind of pumping through it all the way to like the most decayed like jaws and skin like dried up. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them on that. And the fact that they also blended practical and digital. So in the shot where they have like the 500 or something, or they have more than 500, but they have the uh, tank guy at the beginning who's like flagging down like the fire bombing that happens with the flare they had 500 extras there that day and then they essentially replicated those 500 extras to like make it over like a thousand zombies in that shot to kind of add that gravitas to the scene and then on top of that to kind of cut down because doing a lot of this makeup takes hours and hours in a chair um I know, I mean, you know, Batista himself uh, he had, had to do it for D- Drax the Destroyer, uh, the yeah. guy that did Zeus, 
um, had to sit in the chair. They, I think they said they started out and it was like a four hour thing and they eventually got it down to like two and a half, three hours to put him in that full makeup. They actually did some really cool stuff where the background extras that were far enough away from the scenes, they actually made like rubber masks and like screen printed shirts so they could like quickly throw these things on extras so they didn't have to spend as much time like they've had to do in other zombie movies where you might not be able to see them and they just reuse that character. They just had some quick, easy fixes. So it's like really cool what they were doing and Zach pushing them for that. And then uh, for the VFX stuff, the digital, the CGI things, um, it was um, frames, uh, frame store, um, mammal studios and craft ape. Uh, that worked on a lot of this stuff too. Um, and so they did a complete, complete 3D model of the entire Vegas strip. It took them like two or three weeks to do this where they had a camera that essentially shoots out a bunch of little beams of light and like hits areas. And I actually talked with our friend Ryan who does a lot of architecture stuff and they use it there to kind of get like the shape of a room. So essentially you set this camera up, it blasts a bunch of light and then it comes back with a 3d rendering uh data for that specific room because of all the little beams of light they did this for the entire vegas strip they had uh, a crew of people kind of going in a grid pattern down the strip on like a scissor lift and like going every day and just doing it and then they had a camera on a helicopter that they went over the entire city. They had a camera on a drone that they did it with. So it was just the amount of effort they did to make this 3D model so they could really give it that, that real feeling of you being there. And then um, they did some other really cool stuff with motion capture for the CGI zombies where instead of like, you know, the mocap that we're all pretty familiar with now at this point is a bunch of little dots on some guy in a suit and they're doing some weird stuff. There's actually now a new kind of motion capture, motion capture suit where you put it on, you don't have any sort of cameras or fancy things like that. You don't have any of the little dots that the cameras are recording. The suit itself records the motions for the humans. So this technology is kind of new and Snyder put it forward that he really wanted to do it so he could put them, these actors, in realistic situations. And so they could go outside. They could do skydiving. They could do a bunch of other really cool stuff. So this is like leading technology that they did on this information to really get it going. And then the tiger itself, they actually went down to uh, Carol Baskin's uh, tiger <laughs> sanctuary thing. So Netflix keeping it in house, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, so they went down with the CGI guys and obviously Wait, they can, I'm sorry. Is the Carol Baskin's part real? Is that, is that the real yeah, part? It's, yeah, it's actually, actually I thought you're just making sure we're listening. I don't know. Tiger King, dude. No, no yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, yeah, they actually went down to the, they went down and they filmed one of uh, Carol Baskin's uh, tigers uh, walking around. Unfortunately, I don't know the tiger's name, which I kind of feel bad about. Uh, but they filmed him. Insert her dead husband joke here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that's one of the camera, one of the interviews I saw some guy was like, yeah, we went down there and filmed a tiger and we came back. <laughs> and <laughs> um, they filmed the tiger. They, they you know, the hours and hours of footage to essentially be able to develop this, um, the motion, the muscle, the muscles. They rebuilt the entire animal and like did a bunch of other studies and uh, other research into it. And so they like built it from like the ground up with the skeleton, the muscles, the fur, and then they went back and decayed it all. And then there's actually some other funny. Uh, scenes where you have some guy in like a green suit 
uh, like a morph suit running around being the tiger in the shots for like uh, color effects, uh, lighting and other things. And he like lays down on the car when they're like running it, when all the zombies are running into the hotel and it looks really goofy because it's just a guy in a green morph suit while all these extras are running past in zombie makeup. And he's just like lays down like a tiger on the top of the car. <laughs> uh, but they did a really great job in that scene with the stunt work. Uh, like I referenced earlier with the zombie tiger and um, which I was actually really surprised about was that I thought uh, when he dies and the tiger bites his head and crunches on it, I swore that they must have blended CGI and practical effect to get like how that it was a really good head crunch um, head explosion with the blood and everything had a nice but, crunch to it. Yeah. I, I swore that there had to be a practical like head that they like on set, like did that with, a hundred percent CGI. So yeah, they, they, they were on top of their shit for this movie with a lot of their yeah, and I'm, extra I'm glad, stuff. I'm glad you of all people are speaking to it. Cause I, I don't know all that stuff, but like I could definitely tell um, a lot of like love and care and craft went into it. I thought the world was built out really realistically and cool. Um, I was thinking about all the makeup, all those poor extras had to do. Yeah. Um, not really sure how, how, you know, that goes about. So I'm glad, you know, we definitely need to shout out that stuff more often. Um, it's not just a poorly <laughs> written movie. Like there's a lot of like heart and, and technological advances that go into it. I thought just to add one more, I, when they were holding up the head of the alpha queen or mm -hmm. whatever, I was like, I mean, that looks pretty fucking real to me. So <laughs> if I thought they did it, yeah, I would echo that sentiment. Yeah. Great then job. that, that, that head was actually 100% animatronic, um, yeah. which was spot on. Yeah, because at first I was like, I was like, part of me was like, I really hope what they have is like that actress who's just like wearing a green morph suit from like the neck down. <laughs> and, <just laughs> cutting it off. and they're just they're just digitally uh, removing the morph suit and just her head is just like being held up by somebody's hand or something like that. But they did a, an animatronic, which was 100% remote controlled and looked like what I would expect a zombie head to look like if it was still, you know, being yeah. a zombie. <laughs> yeah, right. good stuff on that. Well, I think after uh, my nerding out over the VFX stuff and the FX stuff, I think we can wrap it up here. Do you guys have any closing thoughts you want to share or anything else like that? Kevin, I open the floor to you, good sir. Um, I don't think so. I mean, there's, uh, there's a thousand things we could talk about, but I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. Um, again, I just I had a great time watching it. I'm honored. I uh, hope Zack Snyder makes another movie soon so that I can be invited back. Um, I, was about, I was about to say we're gonna we're gonna pencil you down now for whatever his next release is. And <laughs> we'll just make that official. I'm glad he had two movies in in one year or half a year, so that's that's good for me. But yeah, um, maybe next time we'll make Jesse watch a bunch of zombie movies and come back and talk about you know some actual classics and and see what he thinks. But. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for having me, and uh, I had a great time. Halloween is going to be fun for me because <laughs> probably every episode is going to be dedicated to that, and Natalie, my wife, doesn't like that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, personally, I, with my wife, she uh, will put up with it, but we have to watch a Disney movie right afterwards or an animated movie. So that's a if, if you have, if you ever force her to do it, just put on a good kids <laughs> movie right before bed, um, and and it should work out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the pro tip. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think we all we all had an experience with this and of varying degrees, but that's that's what you get when you 
have Zack Snyder behind the camera. So. Oh, and also, I'm sorry, one more thing. I do want to um, take back a little bit what I said. I, I looked at the poster for the Army of the Dead, and they do have a pun that is Vegas-related that says, always bet on dead. So I do think I owe them an apology. They, they definitely worked in the Vegas theme, just uh, not, not in the title, but, you know, they, <laughs> they had it on the poster. The poster's really cool, so. Could have been all in on the dead. You never know. <clears throat> yeah, all in on the dead. What a great name. <laughs> perfect all right um i think i'll give my last little uh thoughts here um so one of my biggest issues was the checkoff gun was the giant chains uh the giant saw uh that was used kind of in the beginning and then like was referenced a few other times and then i just really wanted to see him just like going ham with that saw and never really saw that so that's my yeah. greatest disappointment of the never entire movie it. yep never saw, the saw it. I yep. mean, except for the wall, they like made that doesn't count. Wall. That's that's dumb. That was dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for being on with us, Kevin. We really appreciate having you on, man. It's uh, it was great talking with you again about this type of stuff. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. All right, and so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, feel free to reach out to us um, if you would like. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a potential topic uh, coming up. Um, if you'd like to come on, we are open to guests all the time. Uh, feel free to email us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I also realized that as we're trying to get more and more professional here, I should also say that uh, we do this podcast weekly. Um, we try to, I try to get the podcast out uh, either Friday evening, Saturday, or potentially even Sundays. It depends on how much I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> and uh feel free to uh take a listen to us um we've got some other stuff coming down the pipeline um working towards getting a little bit more of a social media slash other avenues of information coming out there but want to say thank you so much for listening uh we appreciate all of our fans immensely and like always keep it real <laughs> <laughs>